The following is an Elite Exteriors podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jordan, and I am going to be your host of Slingin' Roost 101. Uh, today, I have the fortunate uh, experience of having our, the owners of our company, Elite Exteriors, with us, Chuck and Carlton. We're going to be talking about some things today. But to start it off, you know, I just want to go ahead and express what our goals are here. Um, essentially, our goal for this podcast is to provide information and knowledge about the industry that we all work in. You know, we just want to be able to help others by providing our experience, and by no means do we claim to be experts or anything like that. There's obviously no step-by-step guide to every single sales occasion, so things are going to switch up, and hopefully you can just take what you hear, and it'll help you and benefit you and help you grow in some way in this field. So, um, what's up, guys? What's going on? What's going on, Jordan? So, Jordan? Chuck, Carlton, you know, you guys have obviously been friends for a little while, too. You know, you've known uh, each other for how many years now? Probably since 05, 2004, 2005. Yeah, we, met, yeah. we met in school. Okay, so y'all, y'all grew up together in, in a sense. And so, I mean, off of your experience, Chuck, you know, what, what were you doing um, for those 15 years or so that led you up to this point? Man, I've been in construction my whole life from, from painting to, to plumbing to, to framing to, um, and then... I was fortunate enough to end up in this industry and wish I dove into it about 15 years sooner. <laughs> right. So when when was that actually, when did you start working in the roofing industry? About five years ago, about my wife years. gave me an ultimatum of either um, she was going to leave me. She was my girlfriend at the time. She wasn't my wife at this point. Um, I was traveling a lot. And uh, she wanted me to f- find something steady at home and... and Okay, I just kind of dove into dove into roofing sales and 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 here I am. Okay, so then in your beginning experience, it was generally uh, close quarters, and you did a lot of your roofing sales near near where you lived. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. I got gotcha. you. And then, I mean, you were working for a different company at the time, obviously. Correct. Okay, and Carlton, you know, what about you? I mean, you you did some other things in the industry that weren't exactly on the roofing side of things, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I um. I actually, so I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. Um, one of my buddies from high school um, was shared a job that his mom had posted. Uh, it was actually a, an adjuster, insurance adjuster job. Cat, uh, it was a cat adjuster. Never heard of it. D- didn't know what it was. Um, knew, you know, grew up with this guy. Uh, actually reached out to his mom, kind of asked some questions. She's like, yeah, cat adjusters can make over $100,000 in six months. Um, you know, we, we have some veterans that work here. They're really good because these guys work, you know, um, you know, they, they, they're used to, I guess, getting pushed their limits. And these guys work longer hours than people that really don't have military, uh, military background. So I ended up, um, you know, was like, yeah, okay, this sounds like something I want to try out. Um, heard about this school in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, it's called Veterans Adjusting School. And they actually take the post 9-11 GI Bill they'll, they'll, for the tuition. They'll take a portion of it and you can do an online course um, to learn all of uh, Xactimate. Uh, you start going over some policies, start learning, you know, they, they get you certified in Xactimate. And then they'll fly you out to Sedona 
uh, for a for a week, and they have uh, it's like you'll have in class they have classroom uh, where they have mock ups of houses, um, you know, and then we okay we would, I've seen that I think online. Yeah. So it's cool, man, because yeah. um, everybody I had I think I only had one like civilians to go there too, but I think there was only one civilian in there. Uh, but the rest of the guy, you know, we're all uh, military, former military civilians. guys. Yeah, civilians. Yeah, me, me and Chuck are just normal civilians. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, so you did the adjusting thing for how long? Um, yeah, so, man, I mean, from, yeah, so, so when I got done with that, man, I actually kind of got into the auto side a little bit uh, of insurance. So, I mean, mm. I, I was in insurance from 2016 to, um, yeah, I guess two years ago. So... Yeah, about four, four, yeah, four years, four and a half years. Okay, like that. and then so you made the transition to the roofing side. Yeah, um, and what ultimately made you want to do that? Um, man, actually, the guy, uh, the the company that I that I came from, that you know hired me on as a uh, estimator, supplementer, public adjuster kind of guy. Um, he actually really helped push me to get out of my comfort zone and be in charge of my own income, financial destiny, and roofing, construction, you know, specifically roofing seemed like a really good vessel to, you know, build wealth and and have have an opportunity to be in charge of, of my own income. Right. So I think, you know, that just shows the general goal for most people that get into this industry, they they want to create their own schedules, work for themselves essentially. You know, I, I technically I work for you guys, but I'm you know an independent contractor or whatever. So I'm you know make my own schedule. I do what I want to do and where I want to do it, things like that. And you know, obviously, hopefully everybody benefits off that. Right. You know. So um, now, when you got when both of you guys got into the roofing industry, you know, sounds about almost around the same time, a couple years difference or whatever. How did y'all get to? creating this idea of wanting to start Elite Exteriors. Man, yeah, so Chuck and I used to, um, you know, we, we, we were in another company together, um, actually before that, and um, or before this, before Elite, and Chuck and I's, you know, we our, our visions and, and what we kind of wanted to get out of business was, you know, more aligned than our other partner. And, okay. you know, so him and I decided to... Well, so, so y'all first made the transition from working sales for another company to starting your own company with another partner. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you. Yeah. Okay, so the goal though was, you know, obviously have a vessel to do what I want to do the way I want to do it. Right, and, and Chuck, yeah, Chuck and I, Chuck and I, we, we've had, I mean, Chuck can back me up on this. We've had, we've had unpleasant experiences, obviously, and it's not because of something that somebody did wrong to us. It's just that, you know, everybody has their own vision. Everybody has their own, mm-hmm. their own way that they want to succeed. Um, and obviously, you know, we want to be able to empower people um, and help people to show them that they can achieve really whatever they want. And we just, yeah. you know, the same thing. We want to provide a platform uh, and, and a company where people can come in and, and get all the support they need and, and have the ability to, to, to succeed in their own personal lives and provide for their family in ways that they didn't think was possible. I love it. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, Chuck, um, y'all started this in March of 2020. Correct. Yep. So, you know, first nine months, COVID's just hit. We're in the middle of a pandemic, you know. I, th- I think the first week we, we opened up our company, the next week they, they, they locked yeah. down. Locked down. Shut well, doors, I, no toilet paper. <laughs> no, no, nobody wanted to answer the doors. <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know 
what was about to happen to us. Right. Um, we were kind of in a sense of... Well, what did happen then? Uh, a storm came through, and, and, and man, we blew up. Um, a good hailstorm came through, and then people were receptive at the doors, and... And, um, Would you say that more people were entering the doors at this time oh, since they're at home? Everybody's right. at home. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we followed protocol, kept our distance, wore masks um, to keep everybody safe. Right. Um, and it just, it's it slow. I think we had a two or three days where we kind of slowed down, wondering what we were, about, what, what was about to, what were we going to do? And mm. and then a hailstorm came through thank god and, <laughs> and we, <laughs> there you go um, there you go so i mean in the first year i mean um i don't know what general companies do to you know can you know to measure their success and everything but you'd say in the first nine months or so y'all y'all have pretty good success though i think we cleared 3.5 million in our first nine months in business okay excellent so i came on in january that's when i started you know i came i come from a background of of customer service um, all different types of things. I've worked in the construction field. I've worked as a motorcycle mechanic. Uh, uh, but generally, everything I've done is involved talking to people, keeping customers happy, things of that nature. Uh, most recently, I was a operations manager for Gold's Gym. You know, that was just basically running that place head head to toe um, and keeping those people happy and maintaining members. Um, so I, you know, I, I use those skill, that skill set from customer service to transition into this, where I came in as green as they come. I didn't know anything about roofing, which I was going to mention is a fantastic, you know, you want to be in a situation that's going to set you up for success. You know, so anybody listening, considering getting into the industry, or maybe you're already in the, in the industry, but you're not necessarily happy with where you're at, you know, who you're working for and who you're working with, should be helping you along the way. You know, I, I have the benefit of learning from people like Carlton, who used to be an adjuster, who taught me exactly what insurance adjusters are looking for with damage. Taught me how to tell a story with a storm. You know, other people in the company obviously contributed to that training, but you know, that's one benefit that I have that maybe somebody else in the industry doesn't have who they're working with. So, you know, this is stuff like that you should consider, I think, when you're you know in the industry doing what you're doing and if you find yourself at a plateau or a sticking point you know what what are the people around you doing to to help you yeah agreed agreed yeah so um you know let's talk about a little bit about the beginning for you uh carlton you know was there somebody that was that person that helped you along i mean obviously you're coming from ex some experience from the other side of the industry oh man yeah i mean it's it's it, the transition's easy you know i, I mean it's I don't know if obviously when you have four online forums like Storm Ventures Group and level the playing field, there's a lot of professionals in the industry that are willing to share that knowledge. For me, I didn't know I was not aware of any of these Facebook groups until I got into the industry. And a lot of the stuff that these guys discuss is stuff that I was taught by my supervisor at MetLife. Um, I still talk to him. All uh, pretty frequently, he actually sent us a, a lead a couple months ago. Um, yeah, he's he taught me a lot and a lot of the stuff, especially storm. So if you're doing insurance storm restoration work, you have to know you have to know a little bit about policy. You have to be able to educate the homeowner. That's the difference between getting getting the roof bought or getting a minimal repair or a claim denied. You know, a lot of these adjusters, it's it's by design. There's a there's a great book that's um 
that's all about I can't I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now, but it's it's about insurance. It's about the guy that started a school for independent insurance adjusters because he was in construction, got into got into adjusting, went was going to work a storm and was blown away. I think it was actually um, what's what was the hurricane that went through New Orleans? Katrina. Katrina. Yeah, it was like he went to go work Katrina and he went to the it was the first ever adjusters you know he was training these guys and they were they were coming in and they were hiring anybody anybody that came in there he was like look we need to teach these guys what they're doing come to find out obviously these big executives they don't want these adjusters to know what they're talking about because they don't want to pay claims Mm -hmm. so they they purposely teach they, they teach them the wrong way and they don't teach them policy per se they teach that and they don't have construction knowledge because they that's how they get out of paying claims mm-hmm. because they know they, they use the ignorance of the homeowner against them right and it's it's nobody reads their policies nobody knows they just think that okay I pay money every month to my to my insurance company when the time when the time comes they're gonna come out here and they're gonna take care of me because obviously I'm a paying customer not the case not the case multi-billion dollar industry <laughs> they don't want to pay claims right right so you know my my supervisor taught me a lot about policy and he was extremely fair uh, we, and we we will find out what that book is. Sorry to interrupt, and, and we'll post that to our social medias and everything, so everybody can find uh, find it out and you know look into it if they want to. But before you continue, I think you brought up a great point about furthering your education. Right. At no point do you n- ever know it all. You know, I certainly don't. I know Chuck and Carlton Continue don't. Learn you know, every day. You right. need to. So you know, we'll we'll post books and everything that we read. One I'm reading is Extreme Ownership. Um, Jocko. Jocko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what's his name again? Jocko Wilnick. Yeah. It's great, great book so far. But uh, you know, we'll we'll post things like that as well. Anyway, go ahead, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, yeah, that's that's pretty much a long winded answer, but as far as learning policy, educating the homeowner, I feel like that's a valuable skill that most, if not all roofers, sales guys need to understand they they need to be able to educate the homeowner because an educated homeowner is the most powerful tool you can have because you can't have that conversation with that adjuster you can walk a line you can you can see you can kind of talk you're not it's it's illegal to talk policy you can you can ask open-ended questions and see if you can get on the same page but as far as talking about that specific customer's policy you can't do it it's illegal all you need to do is educate that homeowner. Let them know what their policy says. Well, let's dive into that a little bit further. Now, when you say it's illegal to talk a policy with a homeowner? No, it's illegal to talk policy with the adjuster. As the contractor. Yeah, as the contractor okay. for that specific homeowner. Gotcha. Because truth be told, a lot of these adjusters don't know policy. They know, they know enough, but they don't know when you have endorsements and amendments and changes and different different editions of these policies that, that constantly change every year, they can't keep up with it. They're supposed to, you're supposed to read every customer's policy before you, as soon as you get assigned a loss, right? But when you're getting five, six, seven losses a And those a policies day, are what, 50 pages long? Right, right. Well, yeah. that's why if, you're, if, you, if you memorize the endorsements and the amendments, you go through, you know, and the exclusions, you know, it's, it's, it's too much. It's a lot. If you have 25 claims a week, you're looking at five claims every day, Right. Assuming that you're having to scope losses, issue checks, answer phone calls, these adjusters are overwhelmed. They're they're overworked. 
and they cut corners. And one of the ways they cut corners is by either okay, I can I know that the last person that I looked at didn't have this coverage, so I'm going to go ahead and assume, or I'm just going to make a mistake and assume mm-hmm. they don't either, right? Most homeowners, unless they unless they're being represented by a good contractor or in a you know somebody that they have in their corner, they can help help them get their their claim get get them indemnified, right. made whole, which is the responsibility of the of the insurance company. So you have to be able to know what is you know what can be covered, what isn't covered, what can be excluded, and 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 have these have these conversations with a homeowner so that way they can be the one to ask the adjuster those hard questions. Um, there's you're supposed to look for coverage. Yeah. These adjusters normally have the opposite mindset. They look to not pay claims when really they, they look to deny as a, as opposed to looking to approve. Mm-hmm. So you, if you have a homeowner that knows what they're talking about, a good solid contractor that's able to push, that's able to identify damage, that's able to ask those Hague certifi- certified questions, that's able to that's able to really put that adjuster on their toes, then that way they're 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 out of they've they've been forced out of that comfort zone, out of that zombie mindset where it's all right, I'm going to deny this. Oh, I'm going to approve this. Oh, I don't see this. Right? Yeah. Because they're they're in they're they're, they're, they're zombies at that point and because it, it's monotonous. It, it's going to require a homeowner that wants to put up the fight, too. Right. You know, I've run into them where, heck, yeah, man, I need to, I need your help getting this thing approved. You know, they only want to approve 75% of it. That's bull, BS, right. blah, blah, blah. Then I got one that's like, oh, you know, I just, I just don't feel like fighting about it. You know, and like, hey, if you don't want what you're owed, then we'll just put on what, what they're saying is okay to do. You know, whatever you want. You know, you're the homeowner. It's your house. It's kind of the power of knowledge. Yeah. You are a guy, as a sales guy, you approach the homeowner. They've been doing business with their insurance company for years, some um, decades even at times. They, they trust their insurance company. Um, when they, when for instance, if, if the adjuster comes out and denies a roof that has significant amount of damage or issues of repair for this, when it's unrepairable, um, it, it's, it's our job to educate the homeowner on on what states how much damage is qualified for a full replacement or, mm-hmm. or show me in your policy where it states how many X amount of shingles need to be damaged before a full replacement is warranted. So it's our job to educate the homeowner and, and, and to get the homeowner on the same page as us um, to hopefully, because our end goal is the same, is obviously to have the insurance company pay for the roof to be replaced if there's if there's damage on it, right? And, and it's just our job to educate the homeowner on what steps needs to be be taken, but it but it becomes difficult at times with some home, homeowners um, because they trust their insurance company. Yeah, let me call my agent. Yeah, love that one, right? So Chuck, um, you know, let's back up just a little bit. You know, let's talk a little bit more about you and your transition into the roofing industry and everything. When that first began. You know, was there like a, some somebody that was a bit of a mentor for you? Um, so, I'll go back to my wife. She gave me a push, and it was probably the best push that I've ever been given in my life to, to get out of my comfort zone and try something new. Never sold anything before in my life. I've always been hands-on. I'm a quick learner. Um, I, I, I I dove into a larger company and gave it a shot, and realized, man, this 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 is nice. But I also did get on on social media. You know, YouTube, Becca Switzer and mm-hmm. Lee Height and, and, mm-hmm. and watch videos. Did my research um, pretty much every night, watching videos mm-hmm. and tutorials, educated myself. I didn't have much training 
from the initial company that I started out with, it was kind of um, being thrown into the sharks with these guys. And, and, and I had, I gave myself two months to, to dive into this. It, it was gonna work or not work. Um, and then by the end of the first month, I realized that I was making just as much money, if not more, and, and not having to travel. And, yeah. and being with my family, I had the flexibility of working when I wanted and, and, and when not to when I didn't want to or um, I'd start work about 12 o'clock and come home about 7 o'clock in the evening and close three, four, five, six, ten deals in a day and and, and those roots were going up within weeks and, and I was like this is I wish somebody would have presented me this opportunity a decade ago this is right. amazing I love this I, anytime I see someone younger than myself considering getting into the industry I am right there encouraging them to do it because I wish I would have realized I had this opportunity a long time ago, you know, to get to get into something like this. You know, you, at first you, you're thinking, oh, gosh, commission based only. You know, this could be tough. I'm only making money when I'm making, you know, I'm out there making money, you know. But if you treat it like a nine to five, if you actually treat it like a job, you dive in and, and commit to it, you know, I, I don't see a way to fail. You know personally but i'm also an optimist and and someone who looks at everything half full you know so i feel like people people become it's almost a do or die situation if if, if um if you're invested into it and you get out of your comfort zone you're a little nervous a little scared yes mm -hmm. commission base is extremely scary um you're used to that paycheck every friday or absolutely or, or whenever it hits yeah uh, it's guaranteed there um yeah. a, a lot of a lot of people trying to transition from a salary job or hourly job into well, a commission also job. the the other side of the spectrum is taxes you know now you're 1099 you know shit like that where you, you know you weren't you're not getting your taxes taken out with every paycheck you gotta do that shit on your own right, you know right. What i mean so it's up there's more information that you need to know how to do so you don't screw yourself over at the end of the year or quarterly however you do your, your taxes and everything but me for me you know transitioning into this um you know, like I said, I was coming from a, um, you know, nine to five banker hour type job at a gym, you know, and uh, I was comfortable where I was at, but I'd also reached like the height of the totem pole and I was ready for a new challenge. So, right. so I looked it up, you know, I started looking at, you know, what's out there. I actually, um, saw an ad for a, a, another roofing company other than Elite Exteriors that I applied for. Uh, never heard from him, unfortunately. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, what led me into this was a connection that I, you know, that I had that I didn't know I had at the time. Anyway, you know, the first thing I did was I googled what's the average salary for you know somebody or annual salary for somebody working in Georgia, the state of Georgia. That's where we are uh, as a roof salesman. You know, it's like I think Google said it was like seventy-two thousand dollars a year. I'm like, okay, you know, how do I make that? You know, so I started diving in. I started looking up, you know, what time's best to door knock, you know, things like that. Just things that are, I thought, you know, I'm looking at as off the wall, you know, but I know that's going to help me in the beginning stages of what I'm doing. You know, so research, furthering my education, doing it on my own outside of what's already been being provided to me, which also allows me to learn more from you guys because I'm coming up with questions now. Like, okay, I read this. What's this mean? You know. I read this over here. How do how do I you know approach this or how do I relay this information to a homeowner? Blah blah blah. You know, so I think you need to really find um, that motivation and drive to 
to to be able to do this kind of work so my question to you guys next is what characteristics do you think make a good roof salesman besides motivation and drive i think confidence and um, even, even if you're new to the industry and have minimal amount of knowledge if you're confident and, and and believe it in what you sell you have more knowledge you typically have more knowledge than the homeowner that you're knocking the door they're looking at you as a professional they don't know if you've been working there for one week or ten years um, they they have no idea just being confident in yourself and I'm, I'm telling you my first month or so two months three months I, I was winging it the best I could you yeah. know and, and it was I think this is a fair assumption for most people that aren't familiar with the, the territory, the information. I, I didn't know all the components. Like I said, when I started, we, we uh, I was told, you know, knock a door, file a claim, you make you make some money. So get out there and get, get after it. So uh, online research um, is your best friend, but but as a traits, confidence, uh, be, being self-motivated, driven, um, those will get you a long way in this industry. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that you didn't mention. I think you have to have some kind of extrovert personality. You know, you can't be a person that stays indoors all the time and doesn't socialize. I mean, it's a hard skill to learn if you don't do it on the regular. Absolutely. You know, so I think that's one thing I look for whenever I'm, you know, like, hey, you know, maybe maybe you should you know apply here. Maybe this will work for you. You know, it's got to be somebody that I know that can talk to people. You know, something like that. Call yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I think that that kind of ties into somebody that's willing to take risks. Obviously, getting out of your comfort zone, that's the only way you're going to grow, obviously, is pushing yourself to do something that makes you uncomfortable. So, you know, forcing yourself to have conversations with people, to, to, to be more extroverted, you know, and outgoing is obviously, a, you, know, you know, necessary. Um, I feel like the biggest, the biggest thing that I think is obviously, uh, you know, initiative. I, you know, you, you have to have internal drive and have that internal initiative to know, to, to, to basically control control the situation. You, you control your own destiny. You got to have the initiative to do, to, to get yourself to that next level. You know, I always say like support, like that's that's what we try to build as a, as a culture that has support for, for, for anybody that comes and works for us. Um, with that being said, support doesn't mean hold your hand, do your job for you. You know, like, you, you kind of hit on it where you're talking about taxes and 1099 independent contractor and, you know, LLC kind of like you are your own company, right? right? You are your own brand. Like if, if you put up a roof and the, the customer loves you, the, the neighbor is going to want to refer you. They're not going right. to say call Elite Exteriors. They're going to say call Jordan. Yeah, I don't right? think I've had that happen. Right. Yet. So, yeah, so you, they always call me. Right. They call yeah. Jordan. They don't call the company. They call right. you because right. you are your own brand. You are your own face. With that being said, we will support you in in the decisions that you make as a business owner and the initiatives that you individually take to succeed. We will support you to you know if you need help. If you take the initiative and say, I need, these are the tools that I need to, to help this customer, then we will support you. But if you say, hey, I can't, you know, I, I'm, I can't read this estimate or, you know, I can't, um, I, I need some shingles and, you know, they, they shorted the order. Can you go to Home Depot and pick these up? Or, you know, I, I left, a, you know, I have four bundles of shingles at this house. Can you get somebody out here to come get it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's. You, you're, you are your own business owner. Chuck and I, if we don't know an answer, 
we have to figure it out. There's nobody that we can call to say, hey, what, you know, help us, right? Because we're, we're, there's nobody that we report right. to, right. right? So Chuck and I have to figure it out ourselves. We take the initiative to figure it out, right? And, and I think a good sales guy has to have that same mentality because they are a business owner. They are their own brand, they are their mm -hmm. own business. They have to be able to look at it like, all right, I got this, I got this great company that's gonna give me the tools and provide me the support that I need, but they're not gonna make the decisions that alter or that control my financial future, right? So it's, you have to have that initiative and have to have that self-drive, that self-motivation to look at it like you are your own company. I'm at the top. Like, I don't yeah. have anybody that's gonna. Well, I love that you hit on that. That's gonna be something that we discussed in this series. <clears throat> um, you know, we're gonna touch on different roles of the company what responsibilities come along with those roles and what's expected out of you as a salesperson or a sales manager or a, you know, office personnel, whatever it may be, all the way up to the owner. You know, so we will touch on that, but that's all the time we got to, for today. Uh, guys, don't forget to go check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Slinging Roofs 101. Uh, feel free to reach out, uh, send us a, some questions or comments, whatever it may be, to Slinging Roofs 101. Uh, at EliteExteriorsGA.com. That's EliteExteriorsGeorgia.com. Chuck Carlton, thanks again for joining me today, and I uh, hope to have you guys back on here soon. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, thanks, man. Zach Gaddis is over.